This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. This is an evergreen content warning. Um, This podcast talks a lot about abuse and uh, trauma and surviving from both. Uh, We talk about narcissistic abuse. So please understand that if you are not comfortable with talking about those things and your mental health openly and honestly, maybe with not uh, so much polish, uh, this may not be the space for you. Also understand that uh, this ta- this podcast also tackles uh, societal issues of racism, capitalism, um, patriarchy, misogyny, whiteness. So if any of these I um, these topics trigger you, please feel free to leave this space and um, without comment and without any vitriol. Um, and that is perfectly fine for both you and I. Thank you. Hey, welcome back, guys. Um, I am uh, going to actually be starting um, another series, and this is going to be an educational content. So if it's not what you're looking for, feel free to skip through these episodes. If you're looking for some more information on how to help yourself heal through your um, trauma responses, you're using your nervous system, using your body, doing some somatic work in combination with whatever tools you may already be using, then you're going to want to tune in. Um, so I'm calling this, uh, series, the know your body series. And this is really, um, this really came from, I was going over some old clients notes and I was going over my own, um, evolution, my own healing, um, over the last couple of years. And when I kind of zoomed out and looked at all the information that I had in front of me, I realized that there were uh, certain threads that could be connected that might help people who are not starting out um, healing their trauma, meaning like you've been doing this for a little while, at least you know the lingo, you know what it means when you're, um, when you're dysregulated, you have an expanded emotional vocabulary, you've... Um, gone through your dark night of the soul a few times. Um, you've lost a few friends. Like we're talking about as in you've been doing this for a minute. You've let go of some really bad habits that kind of held you back, but that also have isolated you in the process. And what um, came up for me is that my my background, my passion, my, my thing has always been the brain and the nervous system. I've loved it since I was three and it's just always fascinated me. And I originally wanted to be a neurosurgeon and kind of, that kind of ended up evolving into wanting to be a psychiatrist and which is now me being a life coach and trauma coach around narcissism because it actually involves your nervous system to a much more um, like a greater degree than even I realized as the kid who was just in love with the brain and the nervous system. So in this episode, this is the first episode of the series. Um, I'm going to talk about what's called your primary stress response. Now we, um, if you're listening to this and you, and if you've come across my work before, you know that I don't really do like the beginner 101 healing stuff. Um, it's just not, not something I've ever been good at. I feel like there are some much better teachers at that kind of thing than I am. Um, I'm like the 
the 201 level if you're thinking about in terms of like college courses like that's how that's how I'm like the next level up meaning you have a pretty solid foundation in like in all in 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 the lingo in the vocabulary in the language um, in the understanding and then I kind of build on top of that so where that where any we're all where your foundation may have you learning how to heal and they're like kind of separate separate paths I start linking them together for you so you understand how your healing in one area is going to affect your healing in another area and also how to heal in an area where you might be having trouble with even though you've probably healed that same wound in a different area pretty well Um, so I'm really good at bridging that stuff together and then building on that and the primary stress response kind of comes from that building on space. So we know of our pri- like we know what the stress responses are. And just as a quick recap, it's fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. And it's become very popular to to talk about these things, especially if you're uh, you know scrolling through therapy TikTok or Instagram, and you we all this stuff comes up all the time now. The thing with the stress response is that I think really isn't, I don't know if it's understood this way, and I also don't know if it's really taught this way anymore, because honestly, I've been out of school for a while, and a lot of this stuff I teach myself, but fight fight and flight are your short-term, immediate um, stress responses, meaning there is a very distinct and, and like, knowable chemical response that we get when we're in fight or flight and they're to get you out of immediate danger. So if you are feeling triggered or threatened, you will fight or you will flee. And this is, uh, this will come up in, um, that it, this will come up in any number of different ways. But say if we're talking about attachment style, for example, because that comes up a lot as, um, in response to, you know, um, trauma responses, Fight or flight, um, a anxious attachment or a disorganized attachment will will go for fight if they're feeling triggered. An avoidant and or a disorganized attachment also can also go for flight, meaning where they'll just avoid the situation altogether, walk out of the room and the conversation, not deal with it. So that's like your immediate response to um, to a trigger. Fawn and freeze. I consider to be a more of an adaptive stress response, meaning you learn over time that um, if you were to fawn or if you were to freeze, it can save you, A, it can save your energy, right? So you're not going to be expending all that energy fighting or fleeing, um, especially if you're in a situation where you can do neither one of those. Now, this is something that comes up in the terms of, um, and this is a trigger warning, in terms of sexual abuse, in terms of narcissistic abuse. Um, these a fawn and freeze you learn over time because what happens initially is that if you're in an abusive situation you will initially want to either fight or flee and but because neither one of those things will work and you will still have to undergo the abuse over time what your brain learns to do what your nervous system learns to do is to either fawn or freeze instead of fight or flight. So it doesn't happen immediate. It's not an immediate reaction that your body will have, but it will be a nervous system response that you will have over time when you realize that fight or flight are not available to you. And so 
it's important to kind of look at your primary stress response in those two terms because I think what often gets people confused and often gets them, um, I think, just uh, stuck in their healing really is kind of the best way to say it, is that you're, you're, you kind of go around healing all the stuff thinking that you're in fight or flight and then also when you you like you heal like the first layer and the second layer and the third layer so you get deeper into your healing and then I'm like you have this other stuff that comes up and you're like okay but I'm not fighting or fleeing here so what the hell where did this fawn or this freeze come from so in order to wrap up all of that is to say you ha you're going to have two primary stress responses you're going to have a short-term one or the immediate response you want to have and then you're going to have the long-term adaptive one and that's the one that usually um, is the most, it, it takes the longest to heal and is the hardest to heal because it comes from your childhood. It comes from learning from your caregivers what over the course of many, many years as to what is the best way for you to survive in a given environment. Um, this is also why um, fawn and freeze are very, very common as deep, um, deep childhood uh, trauma responses in narcissistic abuse, especially, again, trigger warning if it's around sexual, um, sexual abuse also because freeze is a common response to uh, sexual abuse, but so is fawn. A lot of sexual abuse victims are also um, very people, uh, can be very um, people pleasing in other areas of their life, may, not necessarily in, in sex though. It won't show up there. Over there, they will freeze. Over there, they won't know how to um, connect in a healthy place when that comes up. But in other areas of, the, of their life, to, to overcompensate for that perceived deficiency in their head, they will then go people-pleasing in all the other areas of their life. So those two can coexist. And that's also really, and that kind of brings me to my, ne to my next point. Your primary stress response is never one thing. Like in this case, the way that I'm laying it out here, you're going to have a short-term one and you're going to have your long-term adaptive one. And then you're also going to have to, as you start to unravel this, you will also have to understand that you will be most, most likely, you will be living multiple stress responses simultaneously depending on your environment and your situation. And your own and your own personal state of body, like is your body rested? Have you been fed? Um, are you stressed out? All of those things will account for what your primary stress response will be in a given situation. Yes, it gets kind of complicated, so that's why it's like really like where we want to back up is like if if you know what your what kind what kind of trauma response you've already kind of healed and kind of worked through. Now you need to go and look at where you are now and look at your relationships, look at yourself on your own and see, okay, can I figure out, okay, if I'm having a fight with my best friend, I am most likely to go into flight because I just don't want to disrupt that dynamic and then eventually we'll just get over it and go on. Um, or if I'm in uh, if if I'm around my parents, am I going to be fighting with them because I still am fighting for them to see me? And I'm less scared for my for my livelihood now than I was when I was a kid. Um, that that might come up. Um, if you're 
if you're getting triggered while you're at work, you're most likely, you might go into freeze or in most cases that I have, I, that I have worked with actually end up going into fun. You're just in people pleaser mode and you're like, okay, yes, yes, whatever you want. Yes. Yeah. And no matter how much that bothers you, no matter how much you may have a different opinion or a different perspective, you're just not going to share and just be like, okay, I'll do it the way you want to do it because I need to survive. And this is my way of survival with your partner. It might be a completely different response and you might freeze and shut down because it's, a safe enough space for you want to do that, but you still, but not safe enough for you to actually go into and kind of unfreezing that and being like, okay, well, maybe I can at least start to feel something so I can learn how to verbalize it. Hopefully some of that makes sense. It's kind of hard to um, really get all of that in on a podcast episode without having some clients in front of me or having someone in a hot seat because that's, um, it's, always much easier to have a real life example. But if you're in the midst of kind of like feeling kind of listless with your healing and you're wondering, hey, where do I kind of, and you know, what am I doing? It doesn't feel like all the stuff that I was doing before isn't working and I really don't know what to do next. This is where I would, I would have you start is let's figure out what's the primary relationship right now that's affecting your life. And what is your primary stress response when you are triggered in that relationship? That will then yield to other results, but let's start there. You need to start with one and you got to pull up that thread and everything else will start to unravel itself. And use the tools you get, do the best you can. You know what? A lot of this stuff is really hard to do without a coach, but if you're doing this on your own and I try to make, I try to make my work as accessible as possible. So if you're trying to do this on your own, um, but the, my, my suggestion would be is get a journal out, replay a scenario that is most likely weighing on your mind as it is, because that's why you're probably listening to this and sort through it, write down the whole scenario, top to bottom. If it's easier for you, cause sometimes it's easier for me to just either voice record or tape my, you know, record myself with my phone on a video and kind of go through the whole thing of storytelling as to what happened. Then, at once you've already told, once you've regurgitated the actual event itself, then go back and look over or you know re-listen and then start to dissect. Okay, this is what I did here when I when the trigger was like when the trigger started. This is what my re- initial response was, and start breaking it down. Break it down from where you were initially triggered to where the trigger peaked to how you started to resolve that trigger and come back down. And if you haven't come back down, what do you think you need to be able to do that? I hope this helps. If you guys have questions, I would love to hear from you. Please um, go to the show page and comment below and I will answer them as much as I can. Um, because I, I think this is a really important uh, nuance that gets lost because we're in the and I'm and I'm look I'm I never accuse anybody of anything that I haven't done myself and I am I'm I'm guilty of going scrolling through the through the therapy you know all the different trauma stuff that's online and you're thinking and I'm like and I'm just going through it and I'm like it's there's not a lot of nuance you know 90 seconds doesn't a minute 30 seconds doesn't give you a lot of time to include hey but yeah this and this and this can all coexist at the same time it doesn't give you space and time to really be like yeah you know what let me sit with this for a minute
Uh, it's a dopamine feeding machine, social media is, and we really need to kind of separate ourselves from dopamine for a little bit in order to get through this work because um, this is not uh, short-term rewarding, this is long-term rewarding. So it just takes a while and the dopamine really does affect our ability to kind of pr like really calm ourselves, get our nervous systems down to a regulated space to be able to then allow ourselves to dysregulate in the safe environment to start to learn how to expand ourselves and um, expand our nervous system's ability to withhold and hold our, ex our life experience, whatever you want that experience to look like you know, as long as it's not the one you're having now, because if that, if you like the one you're having now, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> anyway, I hope this helps whoever it's supposed to help, uh, today. And, um, I will be back next week for the second part of this series. And, um, again, any questions go to the show page, please. And, um, post your comments there and I will answer them as fast as I can. Um, but until then I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.